If you've been listening for a while, you know that I love to work out and do yoga. With that, though, comes sore muscles and some aches and pains. That's why I'm excited to partner with Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA, is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains, and it's also great for sleep and anxiety. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. Tanasi is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Did you know that 97% of women don't get enough vitamin D from their diet? Yes, facts. That's where today's partner, Ritual, comes in. Spring in Chicago can be cold and cloudy, and I haven't seen the sun for a few weeks. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. It's a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking your multis actually enjoyable. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Visit ritual.com slash sober mom for 25% off. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne, of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, happy Monday. Welcome back to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm excited about today's episode. Today's episode really uh, brings me back. I've been following Malhokum Bots for years on Instagram. I feel like she was one of those OG Instagram creators back when I started. And we've just, you know, those people you feel like you know, that you see them in your feed all the time, you watch their kids grow up. You just get these glimpses into their lives, and that's what Mal is to me. And so then when I saw her name pop up in my group, in the Sober Mom Life Facebook group, I was like, wait a second, that's my friend. I know her. Even though we've never met in person, we had never even talked. This was the first time we got to talk. But this is a special conversation. 
I like Mal's story because it highlights that sobriety is rarely this linear thing, right? There are stops and starts and ups and downs, and we learn from it all along the way. I think her story will help a lot of you. We talk about grief and what to do and how to deal with the grief that comes up in sobriety. And also we talk about consent and blackouts and that can be a kind of messy topic sometimes. And we never want to sound like we're blaming victims because we never are. But it's also how do we advocate for ourselves and keep ourselves safe as women And I know that my story definitely contains histories of blackouts and times when I wasn't even able to consent. That's just an interesting conversation. And and I think that we need to talk more about that. So Mal does that. I think you'll love this. We talk about them moving from Hawaii to Florida and making great decisions for your family and sobriety and what that looks like and how it feels. So you will love Mal as much as I do. Also, um, you have to check out her cakery. She makes the prettiest cakes and, oh man, they're just stunning works of art. I now want to go eat a cake. Um, You will love this episode. Also, make sure you come and join our Facebook group at The Sober Mom Life. We are almost at 11,000 members now. Wow, that blows my mind, 11,000 members. It still remains the most supportive place on the internet. You guys are just wonderful over there. We often say you can't do this alone. Sobriety requires community, and we are here for you. Make sure to check into that online community. Even if you don't have in-person community to begin with, that's fine. Online counts, you guys, and it goes a long way. If you are all caught up on the podcast, you're wanting more bonus content, come over to our Patreon. We have so many fun things happening over there. I share two bonus episodes a week. My mom is going to join me for some of those, so it's kind of a talk to the therapist episode. We also have, not only do we have our Tuesday meetings, which were always free through the Facebook group, but we last month we added a Friday meeting. So it's Friday, 11 a.m. Central Time. That's through Patreon. It's on Zoom. It's a sober support meeting. And so there are no rules. You can talk. You don't have to. Come for the support. Come to cry, to vent, to be inspired, to connect, all of the good things. And then we are starting our Sober Mom Life book club over on Patreon. That is going to meet every Wednesday, 7 p.m. We are covering Laura McCowan's new book, Push Off From Here. And so while we're talking about this book, we are going to meet weekly. And so that session is going to run for six weeks. And then after that, after we're done talking about her book, we'll choose another book and then we'll meet monthly. So it'll be the first Wednesday of the month. But we're doing like a big kickoff. It's going to be fun. These meetings are not, you know, sobriety is not this serious thing where you have to be, you know, there's no laughing aloud. No, I like to keep it just like how it is over on the podcast, relatable, lighthearted, meaningful, inspiring, all of these things that you find here on the podcast, you will find over there too. So come and join us. That's for the $10 members. The meeting is for the $7 members and the $10 members. And then we also have Discord chat, which you guys can chat with each other. And you do all day long. And I see you going back and forth. And I love it. That's for the $10 members too. So it's $5, $7, and $10 a month. You get all of that goodness, all of that extra stuff. And 
you get this podcast for free, always. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Come and follow me at my kind of suite on Instagram for, you know, what a full sober life looks like. Follow the podcast at The Sober Mom Life for everything about the podcast and rate and review this. Wow, you guys, that's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Okay, we got to get to this episode. Enjoy. I'm here with Mel Bots. I'm so excited. I feel like I know you because we've been following each other for a long time. For years. Years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You were definitely <laughs> one of those like original, like, I feel like I know you. I see you in my feed all the time for years. Like you guys lived in Hawaii. You have adorable kids. You make the most beautiful cakes and pastries. And I just feel like I know you. And so I saw your name pop up in my group on Facebook and I was like, wait a second, Mel's in here. So thank you for being here. First of all, I'm excited to hear your story. Thanks for having me. I same when I realized that it was you, I was blown away because I remember when we first started following each other, I just remember thinking, she has the best style I've ever seen. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I loved all of your outfits and then your clothes. And then I saw you kind of start your sober journey and talking about that. And I was like, that's fantastic. That's great. I wasn't there yet, but I was like, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's interesting because it is sometimes I got pushback, like what? Now you're sharing this. So you kind of took it as like, no, that's good. Like it's just a fuller picture of who she is. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, that's good. Before we dive into like the sobriety stuff and the fullness of that and how wonderful it is, we have to go back and talk about your relationship with alcohol and what that was and how it started and what made you question it. Where I grew up, people have a very different relationship with alcohol. Okay, where'd you grow up? I grew up in the Northeast. I actually grew up in Connecticut. Okay. A little town called Wallingford, which is better than I've Probably I'm going to make it sound. Yes. I brought a boyfriend home one time and he was astonished and he grew up in LA and he told me, all you guys try and do is get as messed up as you possibly can. And I have never seen anything like it. Really? I thought we had a lock on that in the Midwest, but you guys in the Northeast do it too, huh? You know, I think you're right. I think it's just small towns in general. I think there's a couple ways to go. And I think that there are people who can handle it gloriously and can handle their alcohol consumption and you know they've got their stop buttons I am not necessarily one of those people (laughs) I grew up like I said in a place where we just kept drinking and you just kind of keep drinking and you know there's this concept of it being so much fun and for you know for some time when I was younger it did seem like it was a lot of fun Uh, but the older I got I was like this isn't cute (laughs) right yeah, that's the thing is like when you, when we're in our like in high school and 20, like it is fun and like everybody's doing it, right? It doesn't feel like anything out of the ordinary or anything that should be looked at because no one is. Right. I think that's what's harder too as you get older is how socially accepted it is. You know, and one of my big things as I've gotten older, this is probably, this is the second time that I have gone a significant amount of time without drinking, not during my pregnancies. So, you know, I had the two kids back to back. So I was almost two years sober because of that, because I had, you know, I was pregnant. But you don't think about it like that when you're pregnant. At least I didn't. 
Yeah, it's so funny. I've been thinking about this a lot. A lot of women will say like, well, you know, I was fine not drinking during my pregnancies and like taking that as a sign that alcohol isn't a problem. And I was trying to think about like, of course, like when we're pregnant, we're going to do anything to protect the baby. And then that continues. Once the baby's born, we will do anything to protect our children and our children's health. And without taking into account our health and our that it's just as important. Like if we're not healthy and strong, we can't take care of our kids. But then also I think there's just the pressure is off. Like in the questioning, there's no like brain spiral getting in the way. You're not scared. You're not dealing with like, is this forever? What does this mean? Like, is anyone going to judge me? The fear isn't there. And you're just like, well, obviously I'm not drinking. It's very cut and dry. Yeah, it's cut and dry. You don't have to answer questions like, is it forever? Am I still going to have friends? Like, they'd be an asshole not to be friends with you if you're not drinking when you're pregnant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be, if, if somebody did that, get rid of them. Yeah. So you were fine not drinking when you were pregnant? Yeah. It's actually funny. I even, you know, there's different researchers and things that say like, oh, you can have like a, a little, like a little sip of wine. And I was always like, I'm going to save that for like a real special occasion. And it would come, I'd be like, I'm not going to have that. And you just end up getting to the end and you're like, why was I even doing that? So through that, it was totally fine. And then after that, I did uh, eight months. I went. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. It was a couple years after. Pretty sure it was 2020. And what made you do that? Like what made you think about like, well, maybe I want to take a break. When I'm trying to accomplish something, <laughs> I realize that alcohol is, is definitely a hindrance in any aspect of my life where I'm trying to do something. You know, when 2020 happened, when everything happened with COVID and all that started, you know, the kids were with me and everything was locked down and we had to just be together all the time. And I was like, we're going to make the best of this. There was just no room for it in my life at that point. And did you see what a full sober life could feel like, or was it not even really the focus? It wasn't entirely the focus. I was in the best shape of my life at that point, which was a huge contributor to it because I was just really excited. I felt like I had all this energy. We went back to Connecticut and the kids and I did things that I had never done growing up there for, you know, 17 years. I lived there and I had never gone to these, you know, state parks and gone on these hikes. And I was like, you know, if I was I was hungover. <laughs> we wouldn't be going on these hikes. Yeah. You know, if I was staying up all night with friends and, you know, which is, again, there's a place and a time and catching up and there's, you know, there are memories I will never regret, but I'm just, I can't, I can't function, first of all, the way I used to. <laughs> oh my God. And I, I did see that I can do more if I'm not drinking. Oh my God. Totally. I think that Sometimes I, I like there are messages in the Facebook group and pe moms are like, God, I'm bored. Like I didn't realize how much time I spent thinking about alcohol, drinking alcohol, going to get alcohol, getting ready to drink alcohol, feeling shame about alcohol, like all this time and energy and like mind space spent thinking about alcohol. And then it's like when you're bored, that is like the best because you get to decide like what you want to do. Yeah. It's like what when we tell our <laughs> kids, right? Like let your kids get bored because that's when they get creative. And I think as adults and as moms, we're so not used to that, that it's like if you're bored, that's really exciting. 
Because then you get to just, you get to fill it in with like something that you will actually like. Like you got to go hiking and see parks that you would never have seen before. Like that's really fucking cool. Yeah. So that was like eight months, you said, right? That you were sober and experiencing all of these adventures. And then what happened? After like a solid eight months, I did drink a little bit here and there. I, you know, I was trying to do that. Let's see how it goes. Let's see where I can fit alcohol back in because, you know, it was a huge part of my life and somehow like who I was, I felt like I was a lot more fun. You know, I was a lot more outgoing. I did more stuff. So I tried that for a while. And it was okay. It was honestly all right. It was going okay. And then January of 2021, my friend was killed. My friend was murdered. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Thank you. A very, very close friend. That was really hard. And it just hit me so hard. And, you know, everything with the pandemic and then that had happened. And I started drinking a lot more. And I just started using it again as kind of a crutch. And it turned into this. I was just drinking a lot. I th- oh, man, grief. I've talked a lot about grief and sobriety and grief and alcohol. And you could just so – I can so understand somebody turning to alcohol when they're grieving. Because oh, grief is so fucking hard to feel. Yeah. It feels like like when my dad passed away, it was sudden. I didn't get to see him and it was we were in a fight and it was like a horrible situation. And I was maybe just over a year sober and I thought, "Oh god." Like, you know, you build yourself up in sobriety and you're like, "Okay, yep, feelings are not going to kill me. I can feel them and I am stronger than feelings." And you and I'm like, Oh, holy shit. If there is a feeling that could kill me, it's this. Like, it feels like I'm breaking. Yeah. And so, like, I've heard a lot of stories of, like, grief being just kind of an accelerant to drinking. And I I get it. Like, I just get it. And then it goes from, I hurt. Let's mask it. To, now we're just falling back into habit. Right. Where it's become, you know, even if you could have worked through that hurt that you just covered, you're not even sure. And now you're just drinking every day again because it's become habit now. And because it's addictive, right? right. And so then, that right. Cycle and of, now you're back in it. And you're back there. And, you know, whereas it seems like, you know, and I'll even, I even remember like the night my brother and I, we found out about our friend. I grabbed a beer and he looked at me and he was like, are you sure? And I was like, I just have to, I just can't. And he, you know, he's gone through his stuff too, where he's decided to quit for a couple, he quit for a couple of years, like two and a half years, I think. It's like a whole family thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he, you know, he, he did, he questioned, he asked, I answered and he respected it and just kind of, you know, he's like, okay. And he was there, for, you know, there for me. But now looking back, I'm like, gosh, if I had just said, you're probably right. <laughs> And, you know, not that anything dramatic or drastic happened in that year. You know, there was no rock bottom, but it's just, I would have had a more fulfilling year if I wasn't drinking the way I was drinking. And I know that for a fact. Yeah. I, I think it's easy to be like, oh, well, you know, all of that stuff happened and now you're here and aren't you grateful for the time you're here and, and this time that you're in. But I think there's like a mourning that happens in sobriety. 
where Mm -hmm. you look back and you're like, God, like what have I lost to alcohol? And like you said, it's not a rock bottom. It's not like you didn't lose custody of your children. You didn't lose your license. Like you, from the outside, you didn't lose much. But I think we all know what individually we have lost to alcohol. Yeah. I think it's important to note that like these feelings come up in sobriety of like just mourning what alcohol took. Right. You know, and and it's so grateful that I have the people in my life that I have because I know I've done things. um, I've gotten, you know, way too intoxicated, you know, at a friend's wedding a couple months after my friend passed away, you know, we're at the wedding. I drank way too much. And I still am feeling that regret and that embarrassment and shame and just, I just wish I could have controlled myself better, you know, and sometimes it takes just reflection to realize that I, I just can't, like, I, I don't have the ability to know whether it's going to be a two drink day or it's going to be a 12 drink day. I, I described it as Russian roulette. Like sometimes I could have a beer and be totally normal and fine. And sometimes I am drinking until the sun comes up the next day. And for me, it's like, I can't be taking those risks. I can't be jeopardizing my relationships, my friends, my family. Yeah, you you just get sick of the what ifs. And you're like, oh, I, I just, I'm not going to play this game anymore. Like, I, I probably lose more than I win. And like, it's not worth it. Right. So you're in Florida. <laughs> you moved to Florida. And then you knew that your drinking was ramping up again. Right. Right. So this, when we moved to Florida, I had been drinking again a lot for almost a year. You know, I got here, I was here and it was just my kids and I. So my husband and my in-laws, they were all still in Hawaii. They were closing up the Hawaii house, um, getting ready to sell. And my kids and I were here. That's Um, a lot. it, It was a lot. So we actually, we took another trip. We spent some time with family. I was still drinking. And then we got back here in January, the day we got back, we got home, I drank a bunch of beer. And I woke up, you know, early because kids, you wake up early, and I just had this headache. And I just remember thinking, why do I keep doing this? My kids are just lying with me watching on their iPads. And I remember just thinking, I can't do this. I need to stop drinking. Because I knew it was going to be six months about before my husband, you know, four, four to six months before he was there with me. And it was in them. I'm like, I can't give them this half-assed version of me. I just decided it was um, January 6th. And I was like, I'm going to do a year. Okay, so you decided like, you're like, I'm not going like 30 days or whatever. I'm going a year. Doing a year. Why a year? Like, why did that seem significant to you? Honestly, maybe because. I didn't want to be drinking while I was just alone with them here. So I knew that that was at least, you know, the four to six month range. And from drink, from quitting before and stopping, I knew that, you know, for me, and I know everyone is so different, but for me, it was after those first couple of weeks that I was okay. It's like those first like week, two weeks where I'm like thinking about it and thinking about it. And, you know, once I got through that, I'm like, well, if I'm going to do the work, there. I might as well just kind of keep going and see if I can do it. Yeah. So like give yourself a year, see what it does. Like see, see how, yeah, I love it. And I, I think 
I'm just in general a black and white kind of person. I don't do gray areas. So if I'm going to give up something, I'm going to just give it up. Totally. And moderating is like so gray. I think that that's why moderating is so hard. Yeah, it is hard. It is really hard. And I think for me too, it's a a matter of, I have to say it out loud. So, and that's a big thing. Um, I know if I say I'm going to do it and I, you know, make that, I have to say it. I'm, I'm not going to drink alcohol for a year and I'm not going to drink alcohol for a year. If I'm like, I'm thinking about cutting back or I think I'm, you know, I don't think I'm going to drink for a little bit. I can't work that way. I can't live that way. I have to say I'm not doing it or I am doing it. Did you tell your friends? Did you tell your husband? I know he wasn't there with you, but did you like say it out loud to anybody else or was it just for you to commit to yourself? For me. So in my head, I was like, I'm going to make a video every day for a year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> if, if, if I had my act together, that would be amazing. <laughs> in theory, it was such an easy idea. Yeah, so yeah. I did it for maybe 10 days. Yeah. You know, I mean, still, I that's, up, a lot. that's a lot. That's a lot. 10 days. And I, I, I just started talking. And now I look back and it's really interesting to even I just do that 10 days. So in the beginning, I just didn't really say anything. Um, I'm pretty sure I told my, you know, like my best friend. Uh, I didn't really say much to my husband because it was just sort of an, like an internal thing. Like you said, I just, I did that. And then once it started to be a little bit further along, like my brother and his girlfriend came to visit. And I wasn't drinking, you know, and then I went home for a a wedding of one of my, you know, very close friends and I wasn't drinking. And then everybody sort of was like, oh, you know, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing a year. I think even that in itself was also kind of a crutch, like you were saying with the question. Right. That's a good, I was just thinking about that because it's like, oh, I'm doing a year it's such a good way to get people off your back because then it's like it kind of answers any follow-up questions already of the question, I hate the forever question. I hate it. Like, are you never drinking again? Like, what? I'm like, I can't answer that about anything. Like, I don't want to ever drink again. I can't answer what? I don't have a crystal yeah. ball. Like, <laughs> it's, and, and you never ask that about anything else. We never – that's – I hate it. Well, it'd be really funny to see if we just, if we're like, are you going to drink for the rest of your life? Right. <laughs> yes. Like, are you going to drink forever? Forever? Yeah. I've gotten to this just like wonderful place where if you're happy, like if someone else is happy with what they're doing, I'm so happy for them. Like you just do whatever it is you want to do. If you're not hurting anybody else and you are happy, by all means, I am not taking your wine from you. I'm not taking this from you. Um, you know, I still love you as a person, but, and then there's the questions that are like, what are you going to do after a year? I'm like, Oh God, I have no idea. Totally. And you know what I always say, it's, it's just a mirror of how they feel about their drinking and they're like seeking either validation or like, okay, do I need to reassess my relationship with alcohol? Like it's very clearly about them, but it's a lot of pressure, especially when you're like early sobriety and you don't know yourself, like there are so many questions that you have. And this is what I always say, you guys, you don't need to know the answers. You don't. Like you don't need to, that's too much pressure. That's just too much. Yeah. Especially I know how lucky I am that I have a personality that allows me to give up something 
it just has such a clutch on you. And to just have that ability to just give it up. I know that there are so many people who cannot do that. And I know how lucky I am. So to have people, you know, I could imagine if I wasn't so dead set on my belief and what I decided, if someone was asking me those questions, it would easily tear down and lead to what's one drink or what, you know, so it's so hard to, and to get people to understand, like, I know most people aren't malicious when they're asking questions like that. I know they're not trying to be, you know, to not be hard up on somebody, but realistically, it's just like, if someone tells you that they're not drinking, you know, even just ask them, would you like are you okay to talk about it? Would you like to talk about it? Right. Or like, oh, I'm curious about that. Like, I'd love to learn more. But yeah. otherwise, just keep it moving. Right. <laughs> like, no follow-up questions needed. Not necessary. But I did find, I'm surprised at how many people have reached out and said that they don't, they're thinking about quitting or they're, they've been thinking more about what alcohol has done and, and how it's affecting them and I use this little app. It's, I think it's called Clean Day. And it's got these beautiful background pictures. And it's got these really good quotes every day. And I posted, you know, screenshots occasionally of it. Yeah. You just po- posted like, what are you, a year and? Uh, a year and a month. Uh, about a year and a month. month. I yeah. saw that you post. Okay. Yeah. So, and so those help. Yeah. Because I started looking forward to opening it and seeing what the picture was and seeing what the quote was and, you know, if I related to it and then what the number was, which was nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like the counting days and the like checking off, like that feels so powerful and I love that. And so obviously you went over a year now. (laughs) I did. And I had, you know, when we were counting down to the end of the year, you know, when that was all coming so close, it was very interesting because I started on January 6th, you know, so I knew intentionally, I I didn't know when I started, but as it came, I'm like, I'm going to, we're going through New Year's, we're going through all the holidays, and it was fine, you know, it wasn't even a thing, and once I got to the end, I was like, all right, well, I'm good, I think, I think I'm good, I don't think I need to drink, so I'm going to kind of push it to two, I guess, but I don't even think I need that hard box mindset. Because now I'm not thinking about it. Yes. It's, it, that's like the true freedom. Yeah. I love that you gave yourself a year too, because I do, I just think the first year is the hardest. I hope so. (laughs) It is. It was for me, you know, you're getting all those like first holidays, first birthdays, first date Mm -hmm. nights, first weddings, first vacations, first fight with your husband first, you know, like all of the first, a lot of the life firsts are just out of the way. And then you go through them and I, they were always worse in my mind. Like I was like, oh my God, this is going to be hard. Like my first vacation without alcohol, I'm like, okay, I got to brace myself. This is going to be really hard, you know? And then I'm like, okay, it's actually not that hard. And it's actually really fucking cool. Like I'm actually having a way better time. Okay. Okay. So that's done. Now I have that under my belt. Now I don't associate alcohol with vacation anymore. I associate vacation with like runs on the beach and like good food and mocktails and fun with the kids and like things that actually fill me up. Yeah. And and it is, it's amazing how we've sort of built up this idea in our heads that alcohol is synonymous with fun. And it, it just isn't. It just isn't. 
doesn't, it's not a requirement. You don't have to have it to have a great time. You know, I, I went to that wedding, my friend's wedding, and I said, you know, if there ever was a test, it is going to this wedding in my, you know, my hometown friends, everybody, and not drinking. And I found for me personally, they have these like CBD beers. It's just it's like a seltzer water, basically. And just having something in my hand, it takes, first of all, so much pressure off of anybody asking you questions. What's, you know, why aren't you drinking or if you're drinking or whatever. And then it, it just, it's almost like just this act of just having something. And then at the end of it, I'm like, okay, great. I get to go home and go to bed and wake up tomorrow and I'm going to feel perfectly fine. <laughs> While they are all like struggling. And I, yeah, I'm just like, I, I just can't struggle anymore. I don't want to do it. Yes. I don't want to do it. So I got through that. And I think that was the big, you know, it's like, if I can get through this and not drink, I can get through anything. Yes. Yeah. Going home, going to your hometown with your, the friends you used to party with. It's like an outgrowing alcohol too. I've been thinking about that a lot. And it's like, you know, I'm 42 and it's like, yeah, you just outgrow that and what you used to use to cope and what you used to escape into and use to numb. It's like, oh, I tried to make that work in my adult life, you know, in my 30s. I think I stopped when I was 39. It just kept showing me like, no, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, there isn't room. There isn't room for alcohol in what I want to do. I don't have the time for it. <laughs> and I feel like it's some variation of this that I've been saying for years, but it didn't really stick. You know, it didn't always work out that way. And, you know, there's always an event. There's always a, a party or like you said, a holiday, a birthday, a wedding, a this, a that, the other thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like, well, why does alcohol have to be attached to those things? It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. And it, it doesn't. just it just is because it has been. I and like I say with that like we examine our relationship with everything and like to be able to to like just put the brakes on and be like, wait, okay, so the way I've always done it might not be the way I always need to do it. And like, it doesn't have to be. And that doesn't mean you have to declare yourself powerless. And like, if you want to go to AA, that's great. But it doesn't mean you have to, you know. It is. And I think that, you know, that's one of the things I love so much about your group, too, is I love reading a lot of the posts and the comments. And if somebody, you know, somebody hasn't drank for, you know, seven months, and then they have a drink, and then they're like, do I have to start again? It's like, oh, no. my God, I know. You don't have to start from zero. I read you had said something and someone else, you know, a lot of the women are talking about that. And I just think that that's, it's not cut and dry here. It's not, you know, it's not a one size fit all solution. Just like alcohol, the way it affects people isn't a one size fit all. I just feel like our society is so used to like, you are either drinking or you are an alcoholic and you cannot touch alcohol because it is going to destroy you. Yeah. And it might not be that. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of moms fit somewhere in between in the gray. And the gray is really, that's hard. It's hard because there's no clear cut, like, well, obviously, this is a quote unquote problem because I lost everything. It's just harder than to make a strong decision when you're in the gray. Yeah. And I, I've, 
had an, a very unpopular opinion for a long time. Um, now we like those here. We like those. I'm just getting really tired of how we are allowing women to feel like they are not at all responsible for things that happen to them in their lives. For me specifically, looking back at, and you know, there's always going to be terrible people who do terrible things. There's always going to be people who take advantage of people. Um, and I'm not saying that those people are absolved of guilt for the things they, they do. But we as women, we need to take responsibility for ourselves. If I'm getting blackout drunk and something happens to me, I need to take some responsibility in that. Because if I willingly and know, I know what alcohol is going to do to me. I know, you know, that if I get so intoxicated that I can't function. I know what you mean. And I know that it's a hard conversation. I, for me, it's, it's both, right? It's like, we have to, yes, women have to take responsibility like for, because I used to black out and, and that's a really fucking scary thing. And it's horrible. And, you know, in college and in my twenties, I would, I would black out. I can't do that. So like, taking responsibility for like, yeah, right. that's, yeah, you got to look at that. Like we, we have to look at that. And then also teach guys if she's blacked out. Right. Don't touch. Right. Like if she's drunk, not even blacked out, but if she's drunk, hands off. The world is full of bad people who cannot be trusted. I hope to teach my daughter that she has to do everything in her power to, to try and keep herself safe. And again, not as black and white as this sounds like, but, and it's an unpopular opinion, I'm sure. But I want her to know that everyone in the world, you know, if she puts herself in some, some kinds of situations where I put myself in those situations, there could be a person who will take advantage of that situation. There could be a person who will hurt you. Please know I'm not victim shaming anybody. If something happens to somebody, it is the person who did the thing to them. That's, it's their fault. I mean, I want that to be very, very clear. I want us to just recognize that we have a responsibility to try and, and keep ourselves as safe and healthy as we can. And, yeah. and if, if me personally, it was this was like mostly talking to me, is that if I'm going to get to a point where I can't, if I'm blackout drunk and I can't, protect myself, be aware, protect someone else. If I see something else happen, I can't live that way. And I just, I want everyone to be safe and I don't want anybody else to have to go through things like that. So that's kind of where I was going. I wanted to hear that. The more I'm thinking, I'm like, Jesus, Mal, what are you saying? <laughs> no, no, I get it. And, but also, especially as like moms of daughters too, like that's, I have two yeah. daughters, like it's, it's a different thing, Goodbye. you know? It's terrifying. I think about the situations I put myself in. I think about how wrong things could have gone, how lucky I was in so many situations. Oh, my God. I think our generation, though, like it's the binge drinking, the going out, you know, the going out tops and the just going out and just caution to the wind, whatever, blacking out. I mean, it's terrifying. I think we need to start a new narrative on that. But like, that's not it. Yes. Yes. That's not it. You can have so much fun and you can have, you know, adrenaline rushes and do crazy. I mean, trust me, there's plenty of things to do. You can jump out of an airplane if you want to. Just be safe. Everyone just be safe. (laughs) Yes. Be safe. That's a good, yeah. That's a good message for sure. I'm getting tired of absolving myself of guilt and wrongdoing. If I say something that I don't mean or regret, if I behave in a way that I, I, I would not normally do if I was sober if I'm mean, or if I got in a fight with my husband, you know, doing all of these things, then I'm like, well, I was drunk. For me, that's not an excuse anymore. I am not allowing myself to use that as an excuse, because I know 
if I drink too much, this can happen. So if I do it, I'm making a conscious decision to put myself in that situation. And I'm not, I'm not willing to do that anymore. Right. I totally understand that. I look at it like that's not you, right? Like that's not how you would act. That's not what you would say normally. Like I know for me when I was drinking, that is that wasn't me. Yeah. That was the alcohol. Right. So then I kind of get pissed at the alcohol. And I'm like, I well, I'm no longer choosing right. you. Like that's where I take responsibility. Like, oh, okay, you have tricked me too many times. I have allowed you to make me act in ways that I would not act if you weren't in the picture. And so like I never think like I'm not the problem. The problem is the alcohol and I need to figure out new coping skills because I kept turning to alcohol thinking it was going to be something else, right? Yeah. And being continually tricked and being like, oh, my God, again? And it's like, yeah, Suze, it's been fucking 15 years, of course, again. Yes. I think that's a really a great way to, to describe it. You know, that's where I'm just looking at myself in the mirror going, what are you doing? What's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again. And it's, there's no different result. Now, there's no, it's not different. So stop. <laughs> Yeah. And I think someone said it in our group. It was like, you have to just get to a point where you're like tired of the bullshit. You have to get to a point where you're just so sick and tired of the bullshit that alcohol is bringing into your life and just be like, okay, like this is enough, enough of this. (laughs) Yeah. I actually hadn't really thought about it the way you had described it where alcohol, you know, it's like getting mad at alcohol and really realizing like, yes, you know, I am allowing this to happen, but this product that is just blatantly just thrown at everybody from like day one, just it's the only way to have fun. It's the only way to solve problems, you know, all joy, all sadness, all social, all the things. And and really it's like, shouldn't we be working towards a world where it doesn't have to be that? It doesn't have to be <laughs> that way. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Good. I mean, it's so hard to see in our own stories, I think, because I know for me, I am so quick to be like, I'm the problem. There's something wrong with me. Like I'm, you know, if I could just do better, be better, something, then it would be different where I hear somebody else's story with alcohol. And it's so clearly the alcohol. When we think we're the problem, that's a really tough place to start. Yeah. And like that seems like a really deep hole to dig out of. And right. And it's like, well, sure, you made mistakes. And like, I'm not talking about you, but I mean, like we, I, like I turned to alcohol to cope and I didn't know how to cope without it. And so that, that's something I look at and that's something that I work on in sobriety, but alcohol is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not the problem. You're right. I always found it pretty interesting as I got older, there's things you don't really realize until you're older. But I would always gravitate towards partners who didn't really drink that much. Oh, really? Yeah. Or who had parents who really didn't drink at all. And I remember the very first time in college, you know, I would would meet people and I'm like, what do you mean your parents don't drink? You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then then it was kind of like to the point where, oh, do they have a problem? But, you know, at the end of the day, it's got to be like, why is it normal to just drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink? Why is it socially normal? Why? Seriously. Why did why is it weird if you don't drink? Totally. It's crazy. 
Is it Annie Grace or Laura McCown? One of them. I think maybe both of them say like alcohol is the only drug that like you're weird if you don't drink or you have a problem if you don't consume it, you know? It's just a very interesting, interesting mindset we have as a society. I know. That's why we're like rebel badasses if we decide (laughs) that we don't need it. It's like the blinders come off and you're like, wait, I'm awesome without alcohol. It's a wonderful feeling. And I just, I hope everybody realizes that they don't have to drink if they don't want to drink. If you don't want to drink, you don't have to drink. You know, there are so many you. There's you. You have done this. You have this whole community that you've brought together of these women who who want support and now they have support and they have a place to talk about it, you know, and it's not that it is, you know, a bad thing, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It can be as finding your people on a Facebook group. <laughs> and that's, I think that's amazing. I think that shows a lot of promise for where the future is going. Yeah, I think so too. I think that this sober curious, even just like curiosity about it, yeah, is that I think that's so important. That's where it starts. Yeah, as long as you look at it, don't have the blinders on on and just like do it. Once those blinders are off, it starts to look like, oh my god, this is really messed up. Like that we're just a society who's like dumbing ourselves down, numbing ourselves out, escaping, not feeling anything. Because what we're being told and tricked, like I start to feel like a conspiracy theorist where I'm like, you guys, look what they're doing all, to us. I'm conspiracy theorist all day long. And it starts to get exhausting because <laughs> I'm like, are we sure? <laughs> well, the more you think, I mean, it's not just that. It's like everything nowadays, you know, the older generation is like, why are you guys so anxious? Why are you so much anxiety? I'm like, because everything is poison. Yes. <laughs> look around. Our food, our products. You know, yes. coming coming down our throat. The fabrics we use, the laundry detergent, everything is poison. Everything. I know. <laughs> oh my god, this. that's. Oh my god, so true. And you really see it <laughs> once you get alcohol out because I th- I do think that that's a huge one. I'm like, you can wear your natural deodorant and stuff like that, but if you're drinking alcohol, like, we got to look at what it's doing. And actually, you know, that was another thing too. Is I started to get nervous. I just pretty paranoid sometimes as it is. So I'm starting to think this cannot be good for my health. Like this can't be good for my body. And I, if I'm so terrified that this is going to genuinely hurt my body, why am I doing it? Right. I know. I've talked to so many like vegans and like vegetarians who, who were like 100% vegan, but still drinking alcohol. And then they were like, holy shit, I had no idea. Because like, it's not like cigarettes where there's a huge warning label, but it should be like in Ireland. Now they're doing that. It says like right on alcohol, like it causes, it's linked to seven types of cancer. And like, that's what it should be because that's what it is. I feel like the tide is slowly turning. It definitely is there. I was just online and I saw an article um, about this sober a bar or an alcohol-free bar, yes. a pop-up. Yes. Um, and it was adorable. I mean, it was so cute and trendy and right? mocktails and everyone got dressed up and it's, you know, you still can have that social aspect and you can still do all the fun things that you want to do and then, you know, get home safely. <laughs> and, yeah. And like, you can remember them and leave when you're tired. Yeah. Like that was, I remember thinking that in early spreading, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm like, oh my God, I'm noticing that I'm tired and I'm gonna go home and sleep when I was drinking I didn't notice if I was tired 
people who drink and get tired, I don't understand that life because I would drink alcohol and I'm like, woo, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So tell us where we can find you. You guys, you have to, okay. What's your cake pastry Instagram too? Because you guys, Mal's cakes, do you do cakes and cookies? Do you do all of it? Right. I just do mostly cakes now. Cookies are hard because they take so long. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cakes are better anyway. Well, her cakes are just stunning. Thank you. Um, So the Instagram is Mallory's Cakery. It's M-A-L-E-R-I-E-S and then C-A-K-E-R-I-E. Okay. Mallory's Cakery. Okay. And we'll link that in the show notes too. And then also, what's your main one? Mal H. Fox. Mal H. Bots. Okay. Well, I'm so thankful that you came on here and shared your story. And I'm so glad when I saw your name pop up in our group, I was like, wait. Thank you. Thank you so much. No, I'm so happy that I got to be here. And yeah. And, and you know, sobriety, if it's something you're looking to do, it in the long run, it is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And it might seem really hard at first, but it's worth it. It really is. Oh, it so is. I, I love ending on that because it's so worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. You know? Yep. It's so worth it. Okay, Mel, thank you. Thank you so thank much you so for much. having me. I've had oh. a great time talking. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat. Why are we doing an ad again? So that we can tell people about brand new information, a pop culture and political podcast. Say it in a way that doesn't sound like game show host. Okay, do you want to be in a room of overeducated douchebags and feel comfortable? Brand new information is for you. What's it going to take to put you in this podcast today? We have brand new information on sale for free. Free! Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we might not break the political and pop culture news of the week. But we put it right back together for you. That's right. Listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.